and welcome to The Literacy Teacher's Life, a podcast for teachers and parents that gives ideas about how to help our children learn to love reading, writing, and all things literacy. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morphus, a literacy professor and a mom to two elementary-aged girls. Here we'll talk about thoughtful, creative, and realistic ways to navigate literacy learning so that your children will feel supported and seen in their reading and writing. Now, let's get this conversation started. Hello, and welcome to the Literacy Teacher's Life podcast, the podcast for teachers and parents who are helping young readers and writers thrive. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morphus. This is episode four, which is airing in early December. And because of that, today's topic on the literacy list is getting kids reading at school and at home, because that holiday break is quickly approaching. Let's jump right in. In order to get and keep kids' attention, there's actually a lot to compete with. You have to compete with friends, TV, video games, YouTube, and many other things. So how do we get kids to read? I'm going to share a few strategies for the classroom, and then a few more strategies that can be tried out at home to get kids reading or more interested in reading. Let's start with the classroom. One thing that worked really well for me when I was teaching, and it works for me now as a reader, is making kids aware of books and authors that they may be interested in. So you can't expect kids to just know about books. So it's necessary to spend time talking to them about books and explain why you think they may like a particular book or author. So in episode two, I shared how my fifth graders were looking for books about sports. I had to spend time researching and finding books that had sports themes. I learned that Dan Gutman wrote the baseball card series, and I had to talk to the kids about the books and share why the series might be a good option for them to read. For my students who loved hockey, it was a little trickier. After doing some research, I found a Canadian book series called The Screech Owl Series about a hockey team that was told from the point of view of the team captain. The boys were a little reluctant to read this series, so I had to scaffold the experience. I had to read the first couple chapters with them and then spend time discussing the book to get them interested in it and then to keep them going. Another strategy that's worked really well for me is sharing information about the author before reading a book with the students. This way, the students can learn about the author's life and experiences and how it may connect with the book. I have a great example of this. Before reading Charlotte's Web with the class, I told the students how the author E.B. White had many experiences that we would see in the book as we were reading. For instance, E.B. White spent time during his childhood in a neighbor's barn, swinging on a rope swing from the loft. You can see this in the book. The kids are swinging from the loft on the swing. Even more interesting, White discovered his own Arania cavatica, or a barn spider, on his farm, and he studied her while she spun her eggs and sack. So he did a lot of research on spiders so that he could write about them. Learning about the author can help interest students more in the book and also show the research that went into the writing of the book. The next strategy that I've used with students 
in the upper elementary grades is book sales. So the idea is for the students to have time during the school day to talk about a book that they have read and liked, and then to sell others on why they should read it. I know for me, when I read a book that I love, I want to talk about it with others and share why it's so wonderful that they need to read it as well. This gave students an opportunity to talk to one another, with the focus being on books. And let's be honest, sometimes it's better for kids to hear from a friend about why a book is amazing, rather than from a teacher. I have a bonus strategy for you, and it comes from one of my students. So this student goes into multiple classrooms each day and has noticed the classroom ambiance and how it impacts kids' reading during independent reading time. So she told me that she observed that when some of the kids can read in places other than at their desks, they actually stay more engaged in the reading. She also noticed that when the classroom is cleaned up and calm, the kids tend to read more and stay more focused. So I'll be honest, I had not thought too much about this, but it is interesting to consider and something that you might want to pay attention to in your own classroom. Also, think about putting calming music on. This same student shared that one class that she enters really likes music on because it feels like they are at a coffee shop rather than reading in a classroom. Something interesting to consider. So there are a few ways to get kids reading in the classroom. Hopefully, you find them helpful. Now, let's talk about things that can be done at home, especially before this break comes up. So one of my most successful parenting strategies that I use is holiday book bins. So for each holiday, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Valentine's Day, etc., I bring out books that are specific to that holiday and put the books in a bin for a period of time before the holiday. When the holiday is over, I put the books away, and my kids don't see these books until the next year. Because they don't see them every day, they love when I bring these books out, and they spend time right away reading the books. They also like to have a holiday book read to them at bedtime during the particular holiday season. So it's a way of making each holiday a bit special, and it's something for my girls to look forward to. I try and add some new titles to the bin each year. I've also checked out holiday books at the public library and put them into the holiday book bin as well. So it's not necessary to purchase each of the books. The next strategy I have is also from a student. She teaches third grade. And notice that sometimes the kids are a little less interested in reading when they get to third grade. She suggested that if the kids are not reading at home, try cooking with them. That way, they can read the recipe to you or you can read it together. And it's still reading. It shows the many different genres that we can read. As the holidays approach, consider having your child read the recipe while you're cooking or baking. My next idea is to read a book series with your child. This needs to happen over an extended period of time. This is actually one of my favorite things to do with my girls. When both of them were four, I read them the Junie B. Jones series. It was great because it helped build their reading stamina, and I was able to show them how I was thinking about the book over a period of time. They could also see all of the funny things that Junie B. was doing throughout the book, the whole series. I could also stop and ask them questions to think about. 
This past summer, I decided to read the Mercy Watson series by Kate Camillo and also its spinoff series, Tales from Dekawu Drive with my girls. They loved both of these series so much and pushed me to read more each day so that they could get to the next book. I really like book series because they're fun to read together and they keep the characters that the kids love going with new plots and storylines. The experience is intended to be enjoyable for you and for your child and make reading fun and something to look forward to. It also shows kids that reading can be done with others and does not need to be done alone. So I have a bonus strategy as well for the holiday break. One thing that I like to do is take 15 or 20 minutes for a reading break, particularly on busy days. So life during the holidays can be busy and hectic. So for a few days, let's be honest, this does not happen every day. If it's been a particularly busy day, I'll tell the girls that we're going to lie down and read a book before we're off to do something else. So rather than have them pick up a screen or watch TV, we'll read books. If they're reluctant to read on their own, I will start by reading to them for about five or 10 minutes. And after that, I have them pick up their own books. The key is that I'm reading while they are reading so that they see me reading too. So during this time, I'm pretty mindful to read a physical book rather than read a digital book so they know I'm not cheating and scrolling. I hope you found these strategies helpful and easy to implement without too much effort, and hopefully they'll be helpful over the holiday break. So now to end on a positive note. So I teach a coaching class where the students learn how to work with and support teachers with their literacy instruction. It's a really fun class to teach because the students get to work with each other in a different way. Part of this class is learning to work with parents and explain how students are being taught and why they're learning particular literacy skills. I also include how to learn from families that are in the classroom. One of the activities that I asked my students to try out last week was to photograph their community, and it was a really fun experience. So pictures can help us learn more about students and what they connect with in a particular place or learn what is most important to them in their community. Photographs can also provide additional support for students as they're writing or speaking, those other forms of language arts. So I asked my students to photograph a place or something in their community that is meaningful or important to them. I gave them a few examples, such as parks, train stations, particular stores but these were really the only directions that I gave them. They came to class with their photographs, and I gave them time to share. It was amazing to see what they brought in. And it was a reminder to me as the teacher not to assume things about my students. For example, one of my students loves the beach and lives very close to the beach. I completely expected her to bring a photograph of the beach to class, but she didn't. Another student came with a photograph of a memorial and explained why this held such a strong meaning for him. This completely took me by surprise and was something I didn't expect. It was great to see the students talking about their communities and the parts that are meaningful to them. I could have even extended this into a writing activity and asked them to write about the photograph that they brought in and why it holds a special meaning to them. But I decided against it and I just gave them time to speak to one another and explain their photographs. It was a nice reminder of the importance of learning about your students' lives outside of the classroom, and it was a quick activity, 
It didn't require a lot of extra effort on my part as the teacher, nor did it require a ton of extra effort for my students. So you could try this at home with your child if you want. Ask him about his favorite places in your community. Then follow up with why it's important to him. So I tried this with both of my daughters, and I was really surprised by both of their responses. Anyways, I hope this episode gave you a few ideas about how to get kids to read more or to get them more interested in reading before the holidays. I hope you have a great start to December and I'll be back in two weeks. And that's it for this episode of The Literacy Teacher's Life. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at The Literacy Teacher's Life. My email address is elizabeth at theliteracyteacherslife.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend about this podcast. And of course, you can leave me a review on any podcast platform where you listen. I so appreciate it. I'll see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.